Fashion Bites Tiny Sliders of Fashion Knowledge to entertain you. If there is one type of clothing that has had a rich history through the ages, it is most definitely the skirt. From the straw woven skirt dating back to 3900 BC in Amernia up to the arrays of Maxim, Midi and Minis and everything in between available nowadays, skirts have dominated women's wardrobe. Despite starting as a standard garment for both men and women, in all ancient cultures such as Asia and Egypt, the skirt went on to become a wardrobe essential for women in Western Europe and America. Here we take a deeper look at the fascinating history of skirts. The skirt goes back centuries in ancient Egypt. Curiously, the first skirts were actually worn by men. These simple garments were similar to a wraparound skirt that was belted at the waist, called a sendit. This skirt was made from locally sourced material, which is in this case was flax, linen, and it was lightweight, airy, and ideal for Egypt's hot and humid weather. The richest and most influential people wore lighter and thinner skirts, while workers and laborers wore mostly cotton loincloths. The women, on the other hand, preferred dresses. They were front length and mainly white. As with the men, the lower the position in society, the cheaper the fabric. During the Middle Ages, with the advances in weaving and tailoring, it was possible for men to start wearing tailored trousers and tights. We see a departure from this type of garments for men as their taste turned to tunics and hosiery. For women, dresses were still very much the staple clothing choice. These were cut to follow the lines of the body up to below the waist with a separate, fuller skirt soon to their bodies. Dresses were worn by women at all times up to the late 19th century when separates started to make their appearance. During the Victorian era, dresses were still dominant and clothing etiquette was very strict. Dresses covered the whole body and corsets and bustles were essential in the early Victorian era women's wardrobe. However, that began to change in the late 1890s when women adopted a more active lifestyle with riding, cycling and walking. During the early years of the Edwardian era, separate jackets and skirts were all the rage, making the outfits less restrictive than the previous austere Victorian period. From 1886, skirts became less trimmed while the drapery fell in plainer lines. From 1890s onwards, the popularity of the skirt as a separate piece of clothing really grew and gained momentum. During this time, stuffy full-length dresses were exchanged for more practical garments. However, skirts still hit the floor and that continued until the 1910s with the hobble skirt. The 20th century was a time of experimentation and innovation in many aspects of society. The skirt definitely developed during this period with a wide variety of new skirt lengths and types. While skirts were full length in the beginning of it, by the end of the century, we had a wide assortment of skirt types introduced, from the hobble skirt in 1910s to the mini skirt of the 1960s. The skirt evolved a lot during this era. 
During the Roaring Twenties, hemlines began to rise and flapper style introduced women in the Wordstrom world. The hem length rose to just below the knee in the middle of the decade, allowing slashes of leg to be seen when women were dancing or walking. However, things changed once more after the Great Depression, when hemlines again dropped to mid-calf to floor length and outfits became more modest. In the 1940s, skirts and outfits in general became even more somber in nature, with all the restriction in clothing during the Second World War. Utilitarian fashion was the go-to look, while cheaper fabrics gained ground and simple line or straight skirts were in demand. During the 1950s, fashion returned to the more extravagant roots with Dior and his new look, voluminous skirts with his A-lines look. The circle skirt was officially born in the 1950s, evolving from the emerging post-war styles, starting with Christian Dior. In particular, it was inspired by the bar suit, which constituted of an A-line skirt and a very structured suit jacket. After government-imposed fabric rationing during World War II, Dior was interested in freeing women from these constraints and once again creating clo clothing that was not limited in the amount of fabric it was made from. He pushed the fashion industry towards encouraging feminine shades similar to those that had been popular during the 30s. His styles enhanced women's classic hourglass shape and after his initial 1947 line, and as the war became more of a distant memory, he became much more opulent in his designs using fabrics in excess. These excess meant styles with larger skirts and the transition from the bar suit to circle skirts was catalyzed. While Dior was preparing the world of high fashion to embrace the circle skirt, Julie Lynn Charlotte was the one who came up with the creative and very first circle skirt. The story goes that Charlotte was invited to a party without an outfit, money for a new one, or knowledge of sewing. Even so, she decided to make her own dress. Her mother owned a factory that used felt, so with her access to free felt, Julie Charlotte came up to the complete, a complete circle with a smaller circle in the middle for her waist. The design allowed her to avoid sewing any seams and the added a of some appliques to spurts up the design. At the party, she got plenty of compliments. When she needed some extra money, a week later, she made two more circle skirts. She took them to a local boutique and they sold almost as soon as they were put on the floor. The boutique owner put in an order for more circle skirts and Charlotte was in business. Once these skirts became widely popular, women began styling the circle skirt and others similar to it with a pleated and gathered skirts to be as voluminous as possible. Using multiple layers of stitched petticoats and even hoop skirts, they gave the 50 skirts this full style. It was popular because the fullness in big hips made waist look smaller. Vintage clothing experts say the 1950s full skirt was the least bulky of the full skirts. The pattern was cut from one very large square piece in the shape of a donut. The inside circle was the waist measurement and the outside circle created the fullness. Cotton and wool were very popular in the day to make skirts, but for the circle skirt, wool felt was the best choice. It was thick yet light, which made it cover hoop skirts easily. 
It also didn't need hemming since the edges never unravel. At the time, the style was to create skirts out of unpatterned material and then sew or attach appliques and designs onto the skirts, particularly abstract designs with fit with the atomic art style popular at the time. The true revolution, though, happened in the next decade in the 60s with Mary Quant's miniskirts. For the first time, women were given the freedom to choose the length of their skirts, but the mini length was there to stay. From that time onwards, miniskirts were part of many women's wardrobe, with only the exception during the 70s of the hippie fashion, when peasant skirts with longer hemlines were introduced. Since the 1970s and until now, not one type and length of skirt has dominated fashion for long. With mini, short and angle length styles appearing side by side in the high street. For us, skirts are a necessary part of the wardrobe and we love designing them. From A-line, minis to maxi skirts and from person scales to fort wrap ones, we think that a skirt can do wonders for any woman's outfit. Compliment your figure or hide your weaknesses and highlight parts of your body when you want. It's your choice to find your own style. I'd like to introduce you to the amazing pet Sears Smith. She's one amazing designer that does actually full skirts. And I give you the floor to Beth because she will tell us about herself and how she create, came to create her lovely skirts. <laughs> so, um, I started sewing when I was a little girl. My mom was a dressmaker my whole life. She made a lot of wedding gowns and then she had women that came regularly to get dresses. Like every season there were certain women that came and got a couple of new dresses. Um, and my grandmother was a pattern maker in a dress factory. So it's all historic in my family. And I've worked, been working on genealogy and I have a lot of people who worked in weaving factories too in the 17 and 1800s. So that's exciting. That's very um, interesting. Um, but uh, I got away from sewing and I started to spin and taught my, and I learned about sheep and wool and different kinds of wool. And um, I was teaching how to spin to people and I was teaching them the best uses for different kinds of wool and um, then I started weaving <laughs> and so I spun yarn and I made some skirts and I spun some more yarn and I made a dress because I wove the fabric and then I sewed it and um, and then I remembered how much I missed sewing and started sewing for myself again and that's it I just I just, after I started sewing again, I wanted to learn how to do pattern making. And that's how I started into designing. Um, I found out that I can do it, which is good. And I like to sew and I can't, there's only so much I can wear. And so I decided to start a business. That's a very good way actually to get <laughs> In my opinion, your skirts are a little 50s inspired, like style. I don't know if that's 
where you come from and why you do 50 style if it's 50 style or if you think it's something else um i think that's the original inspiration because i like that i like the a fitted bodice with a very full skirt so i like those kind of the very full skirts of the 50s not the slimmer um silhouettes but i love that fitted bodice with the big skirt and so that's kind of where i started with my inspiration gretchen hirsch um i started to sew with her patterns and started to learn about how that all worked together and then kind of ran off from there so um you know i still i still really do like that silhouette i think it's very flattering on most people um that silhouette i think you know a nipped in waist a fitted top and a wide skirt just really does look flattering on most women um regardless of what your shape is because you can you can give the illusion of that hourglass figure which is so appealing for um a female shape i think no i agree with you i think everybody even the stylists trying to make somebody on a hourglass say let it be i don't know big shoulders because you have wider hips or it's like yeah. a principle everybody turns back to the hourglass say yeah <laughs> one way or another <laughs> yeah so that's that's why i started with the 50s and it makes me feel happy it makes me feel good to dress that way and i think you know when when you're making things it's so much nicer to make things that make you happy than to make things that are just for everybody else and so you know you know what i'm saying yeah yeah i, I understand you <laughs> as a creative i do understand you too <laughs> of course i don't know how good is for business if we only think ourselves but <laughs> i do get it as a creative it's that that passion to create something that you like well so i you know <laughs> that's the hard thing um was when i was deciding which way to go with um designs or what i was going to make it was hard to decide this is the silhouette this is the design that i'm going to go with and not worry about other people who don't want that there's a ton of people in the world tons and tons of people thousands and millions so i think there have to be at least a hundred people out there that like my stuff and those are the people that i'm looking for <laughs> but i do um the place where i what's that word um given um co not cooperate i can't think of the word anyway like where you kind of come in the middle with yes. that and designer yes i prefer to work with bright colors and giant prints and some people just want plain black and so then i give in and i'll make my style skirt in plain black <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's actually satisfying somebody's 
to waste. Right. <laughs> so, would you like to share with me maybe a lesson you learned throughout being a fashion designer? Maybe it's a small lesson, maybe it's a big one. It doesn't matter. A lesson is a lesson. <laughs> I think um, sort of what I was just saying, you can't, you can't think of everybody. You can't design for every single person because there's so many different styles and there's so many different um, approaches and um, you you do have to kind of narrow it down and kind of stick with in one place. You can't make everybody happy. And so you just have to make things for the people who love your stuff and um, not be sad that everybody doesn't love it because it's just not going to happen. So that's that's sort of, um, yeah, that's it. You know, personally, I would love to know a little more about your process inside your studio, your own space, how you work in it. <laughs> I'm very messy. <laughs> I don't know if you, it's, it's a disaster area all the time. It's an ugly um, thing. <laughs> I am messy too, I admit it. <laughs> but I do, um, there's a lot going on in my brain. There's a lot of things I have right now. Um, I'm working out some a dress, a wrap dress. It's in my head. I have not started to even try to make a pattern for it yet. Um, I just well, okay. So actually, I guess a lot of my new ideas don't come in the studio. The, when I'm in here. I'm usually working on something that's already got to happen. I already have it worked yeah. out. Um, a lot of my thinking happens like I go to bed very early at night. I don't go to sleep early. I go in my bed and turn on the TV and a lot, and I have a sketchbook. And then a lot of things happen when I'm just by myself and quiet. Um, recently I, um, I did a whole um, bridal, a bridal set. So it was one bride and two bridesmaids, um, and that all came about on a long car ride. We were coming back from dropping my daughter off at college, and I thought bridal skirts, and I made a sketch, and then I started texting with my daughters. What do you think about a skirt for a bride rather than a dress? And they said we love it, and then. I started shopping for fabric on the internet in the car. And then by the time I got home, I had sketches, I had fabric ordered. Um, I knew what the whole thing was going to look like. And I have a detachable train on this beautiful bridal skirt. And it, it just all came together in about four hours. I had everything all together, which is fun. Same thing happened with the bib skirts that I just came out with. Um, recently. It was just like, hmm, I like the, I saw somebody, it had like a little overall dress, um, and I thought, I wonder if I could make a detachable bib, and so people could have a convertible skirt then, they could dress up their skirt, or they could dress it down and put this bib on, and it would be cute, and um, 
So it's just little, nothing's very complicated that I'm doing right now because I think that simple clothes are what people are liking. Um, and so I'm doing simple clothes with great prints, like big, bold prints, lots of big colors. Um, but really when I get an idea, it usually comes together pretty quickly, except for the wrap dress that's in my head still. <laughs> that doesn't matter. It might come up one day like that, <laughs> as they say. <laughs> so yeah. it's, okay. it's okay. Sometimes patterns could be in our head for ages, but then as soon as you put it down on paper, it comes quick. So would you like to share your social media with us? Um. Yes, so on Instagram, every single place, I'm the same thing. On Instagram, I'm Beth Smith Textiles. On Facebook, if you put at Beth Smith Textiles, you find me. On Pinterest, same thing. On YouTube, same thing. I'm Beth Smith Textiles everywhere, um, which I think I was lucky to be able to do that. Oh, that's T Twitter, I'm not on very much. On Twitter, um, I just kind of go and scroll around. If you want to find me there, I'm three sheeps, which is left over from my spinning career. Okay. I used to be a lot more active on Twitter. Yeah. I <laughs> That was my, my original blog was about spinning and it was called three sheeps to the wind. Follow us in Answer App, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast, so you can have your Sunday knowledge of fashion bites. Every Sunday, we'll be coming with a new little slider of fashion. Enjoy your week ahead!